Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Practical Guitarist Podcast is brought to you by Great Lakes Guitar Pickups. Great Lakes Guitar Pickups provides fantasy tones at prices a practical guitarist will love. Featuring top-notch construction, attention to detail, and a fully custom product, if you can dream it, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups can probably build it. Follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pickups. Are you a regular listener? Why not? David here reminding you of all the ways you can participate in the Practical Guitarist Podcast. Subscribe using your chosen podcast app. Review us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Practical Guitarist, or on Twitter as at Practical Guitarist. Support the show. Merchandise is available in our Threadless store at practicalguitaristpodcast.threadless.com. And donate to us via Patreon, available at patreon.com slash practicalguitarist. Reach out to us directly via email at questions at practicalguitarist.com. Hey, David. I think he was waiting for the middle finger this time. I was waiting for it. He didn't do it. No. And I so was, I laughed. focused on actually hitting the record button. <laughs> All right. Let's all stop now for a minute, and I want to talk about something really serious, and it's a legitimate problem, and it plagues a lot of Americans every year. It's bothered me the last couple of weeks. Tonight, I want to take a moment to discuss groin strength. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't not laugh. It's I not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> I, about, about a week ago, two weeks ago, um, I started having strange pains in my leg, in my calf, and in my, and in my um, I guess it was my thigh, the bottom of my thigh. And then this escalated over the next couple of days, and I couldn't sit in the recliner. And by that Sunday, of course, I'd gone to the, the uh, urgent care, and I believe I've discussed this on the show already. And I was told, no, it's not a blood clot. There's nothing wrong with you. Well, after 10 days of, of resting my leg, taking lots and lots of over-the-counter painkillers, and basically getting no relief, I made an appointment with my primary care physician. And I went in, and he looked at my leg and twisted it and turned it and beat on it and pushed real hard and bruised it and then hyperextended it. And I, Yeah, like he, he straightened my leg out, and it actually hyperextended it. I pulled a muscle in the back of my, my leg when he did it. Um, I, it was determined. And, and by the way, not in the actual session. He didn't actually tell me what was wrong. His exact words were to me, you're not going to die. You'll be fine. And that was wow. the, that, oh, and here's your blood work. Go downstairs and get it. Wow. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I, I, I get, we have a thing called my chart through the hospital I'm at, and you can log in and you can see your, your medical records. And I go and look at my, my visit summary. And that's where I see acute groin strain. So I'm like, oh, all right, well, that's what's wrong with me. And, uh, well, at least they said it was cute. I haven't, I haven't followed up, but basically what I think is going on, the groin muscle runs ac- obviously across your like nether region over to the side of your leg on the outside, all the way down to your knee. 
And I think there's actually some connective tissue that runs into your, to your ankle and stuff too. But, um, I think what was happening was it was pinching a nerve in my, in my leg, which was causing pains all over my leg. Uh, over the last couple of days, it appears to be getting better. I'm not really having any leg pain. I've been able to play guitar again, which is fan freaking tastic. I gotta be completely honest. Um, I didn't play for almost two weeks and, uh, yeah, so everything's great. Um, in fact, I was having some other arthritic pains, which I think were related to the, to the nerve situation. Um, and I was complaining about, I need a thicker strap or something. It's all bullshit. I don't need any of that. I can play my heavy ass guitars. I'm fine for now. It's not arthritic. So I played my SG yesterday for the first time in a couple of weeks. And I got to tell you something. I never noticed how light that thing is. It weighs weighs nothing. Because I usually play the PRSs. The SG is over there. You can't see it. It's, It's right off screen. But I, I was like, he's, um, I mean, Jim, what, what can you get? that's actually lighter than an SG. I don't know. A Steinberger, the, the, you know, the old Steinbergers that had no body. Steinbergers were quite light. I had a Steinberger that was eight pounds. Though. I, we, I played a Steinberger. Yeah. So I played a Steinberger base. Um, a friend of mine had one. I never owned it. He had the expensive one too. The nice one. And oh, okay. So I had the spirit, the, yeah. the GP import from music. Yo. It was like eight and a half pounds. It was mahogany, solid mahogany. The neck was like a baseball bat on it, which is part of the reason why I no longer own it. Right. Actually, I really liked the guitar. I think it would have been really cool if I'd been able to put um, proper pickups in it because the thing sounded decent. Yeah. The, only, the, the only gripe was the fucking neck was like a baseball bat. I mean, it was just ridiculous. You can get better necks for those. Oh, no, it's not bolt on. Yeah. yeah so, no, it's neck through. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I thought they were neck through. Anyway, um, so the one I played, um, uh, that's what I mean. You can buy better. Uh, I shouldn't say a better neck, like you can replace the neck. I mean, you can buy better models that have better. That's right. And I, and I just, that, by, by the time I got one, Music Gear was no longer making them. Yeah, remember when, um, uh, so Rush was using them there for a while? 90s, yeah, I think so, yeah. Late 90s, well, early 2000s, somewhere in there. And, and then mid to late 90s. And then people started putting EMGs and everything and realized you could put EMGs in a, in a turd and it'll sound decent. So, yep. That, um, and that was the thing. You know, that was just, a, so, you know, you'd see Getty Lee and, and uh, Alex Lifeson playing them. And I was like, oh, so I tried one out. I, I played it even as recently as maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Seven years ago. And I don't know. It, it, now it's more than seven years ago. It's not important. I, could not get used to not having a headstock. There's something about the headstock that, for me, maybe it's the corner of my eye. I don't really have good peripheral vision, but that, that I can't, I was always off a fret. Always I've heard afraid. people complaining about not, just, not so much that, but the fact that they actually use like the, the cause there, there's patterns on the neck that occur around the headstock. And on those style guitars, they don't exist, so you don't feel them. And right. but but I I had I had zero issues um, with having a headless guitar. Like yeah. by, by zero, I mean honestly, the sustain was better. Like there was a lot of things I really liked about it. It was ergonomic. Yep. Your, your guitar would literally oh, not fall over. <laughs> you know, it was great. Definitely. And I loved the little. It, it had like a kickstand. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, the leg stand. Um, That's how I started playing in classical position. When we were talking about Junior Brown, um, that guy's guitar, that Git Steel, yeah. is surprisingly small. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing you don't see in the videos when you see him um, is the fact that he's standing on a podium. 
Yeah. <laughs> so there was a video when him and his wife were singing together and you know, they, uh, <clears throat> they're doing a duet. They're singing side by side. His head, same height as hers. I'm like, as tall as she is, there's no way. And then I look and his waist is like up here on her. <laughs> it's just Yeah. But, but what Jim's not telling you is that he has an affinity for people like little Ozzy and junior Brown. And uh, who's the guy from uh, from Game of Thrones? Because, because Jim feels Jim. I feel tall in that. <laughs> no, Jim. Not, not, no, I believe me. I have more credit than that. Your self esteem is not that low, but you do feel a kinship with these people. I do, and I, and I get that. Like, I, I totally get that from you, Jim. You're like, man. You're like, I know what it, it feels like to be short, and it sucks. Yeah, it's terrible. That's, being short does suck i'll be honest with you i'm i am average height basically like five foot eight but mm-hmm. i feel short yeah but i'm i'm a full over an inch to- shorter than you are i'm five six and a half so yeah you know may as well say five six i'm gonna um i'm i'm gonna do something this is a personal thing and i want to bring it up on the show after after we're done recording the show and i post the episode i'm going to post a picture of my driver's license um my temporary driver's license i just got from uh from the state of illinois and um, I, I want people to caption the picture. <laughs> I, I want people to caption the picture. And I'm actually going to post it on Instagram. We have a, a, an Instagram account now. So it's Practical Guitarist Podcast Instagram. And um, I, I believe that it's Practical Guitarist on Instagram. So uh, look us up. Look for that. It will, be, it will be worth the price of admission. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, yeah, I should probably do a similar thing. Um, so those of you who aren't aware, I, I'm relatively short and I'm overweight. I'm 50 something years old and I've let myself go to pot Shit. over the last Over years. Overweight my ass. Uh, I am. Compared and, to um, me, no. Well, I'm not as young as you are. The, the heart's not really functioning as well as it should. But anyway, um, those who don't know, yeah, I'll caption that bad boy. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> so, um, I... Uh, uh, this is our hundredth episode, folks. Yes, so it's our one hundredth episode celebration. We are getting to guitars, but anyway. So because of that, I'm I'm on a diet. Um, I'm on my last. This is number five. Um, I heard I heard that before. More, more. Remember, year of no gear. That was a hell of a diet, Jim. Yeah, I know. But well, gear is <laughs> gear is gear is a lot more important. <laughs> um, but my son, you know, he's dragging me to the gym. So we're going to Planet Fatness, and uh, you know, I'm over there looking at people that are my age and going, yep, there's no excuse, fatty. And, uh, and as I can he, call as myself, he the sandwich. Yep. I call myself fat. Yeah. As I walk in there with a sandwich in my mouth, and stuff rolling down crumbs yeah. on my bag of Doritos. And my He's like, I better brush these crumbs off before I weigh in. Yeah. It, it, well, so planet fitness is no, you know, no judgment, you know, type thing. No, I um, judge myself wish, all the time. Yeah. I judge myself all the time. I'm a fat ass. So I got to get in there and I'm looking to lose about 80 pounds. So we'll see. My, my objective will be to lose, um, uh, by the time I see you guys in Sweetwater um, in June of next year, I hope to have lost about 50 pounds, which, which for me will look good. It won't look great. It'll put me at about 150. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on losing a similar amount, to be honest with you. So maybe we'll race and we'll see how thin we are when we get there. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to do a weigh-in. I gotta, I gotta get the scale. You're gonna on totally way. fucking destroy me because I, I mean, I have health problems out the ass to get me there. But yeah, you have, you have Crohn's. Or, I have, <laughs> I have laziness problems. Maybe, like, yeah, maybe it's, I can it's, get it's a, my Crohn's to act up and then I'll just drop all the weight like right before I go. 
I, I want to do a, a PSA about laziness. Get off your <laughs> fat ass and get out there and do stuff, Jim. Son of a bitch. Jim is guilty of sloth. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of being a sloth. There's no question about it. I'm like, I could go to the gym or play Final Fantasy. Two hours later, I'm still trying to earn tomes. So, all right. So let's get to guitars. We posted this week. We, we were both la- uh, laughing our asses off this video that uh, Stevie T did. And if you haven't seen it, I still recommend it. Um, and I'm going to get to why it's weird for me to recommend it. But he's reacting to the worst guitar shredder ever. Um, the guy's name is Richard Benson. And Stevie T does this song where he goes, Richard Benson, Richard Benson, Richard Benson. And it just, it, and if you don't like Stevie it. T's mannerisms, like we totally understand. Like not everybody's yeah. into the same comedians. He's, we get he, it. Yeah, he's a 30 something year old guy who still lives at home. And, and honestly, uh, he's been he very like open about the fact that he's kind of nerdy. And well, yeah. he's not kind of nerdy, he's really nerdy. But oh, yeah. he's open to that. And like, and like he's using that as a tool to, to, things yeah he's kind of guy you'd expect to see at a cosplay convention right right but um he's an incredible shredder he's a kiesel guy by the way yeah he's a fucking amazing guitar player which that'll be our segue yeah so so there's my segue so this richard benson guy that he that he kind of tears up um it's obvious that richard benson is in on the joke and on his own joke kind of like andy Kaufman. i think you recommended it yeah if you haven't so we talked about this in the group i think some people were like why would he be making fun of this guy? That's kind of mean. Look, I, I, I'm willing to bet if he didn't reach out to Richard Benson, he's heard from other people that Richard Benson's act is to do exactly what he does. Yeah, because Richard Benson has, um, there's an instructional video from Richard Benson. By the way, Richard Benson is from Italy. Yes. Italian. So the uh, so he's probably a Riccardo Benson, you know, or yeah. something. <laughs> um, he has some stuff he... He literally puts on black lipstick, um, these weird glasses, and this um, this obvious wig. And if it's not a wig, good lord, he's got to be um, dying that thing because he's. You can see by the video, the video was probably made in the eighty, and yeah, he does yeah. this instructional video. So he's been doing this shtick for a long time, and uh, the shtick is, you know, here's weird stuff to do on the guitar, you know, real fast. But as as Dave and I were both talking about before the show started. He can't be that bad without being good. No, this, it, there is clearly premeditation in right. what he's doing. And if you hear him play, like he's got his stick down pat, but you can hear these fragments of like a, a really shitty guitarist wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Like right. it's that kind of thing. And there's stuff in there that, that a crappy guitar player, even trying to make fun of a shredder, wouldn't be able to do. They just would not. Right, be able to right, play. right. Some right. Of the har- I mean, he'll do the harmonics thing like really fast. Or even when he does the over under like thing, yeah. like uh, like Badia or Badia, yeah, like that just totally gets me because I'm like, look, you're not going to find a shitty guitar player that can do it that well. Exactly. You're just that's not. A, that over under thing, it, that takes a lot of practice, a lot of time, a lot of patience. There's no way he's that bad. He's in on his own joke. He, there's a um, there's a video or even a clip from a video in there where he played live. And somebody threw, a, yeah, somebody threw. It looked like gelato to me on him from the audience, and it, it was not the first thing that was thrown at him from the audience. By the way, I think another thing was like a milk carton, but he got like gelato all over him, and then all of a sudden this roadie runs up and wipes it off and like yeah, cleans like him up instantly. real good, and it was not like it was like there was nothing on him. Right. Almost like it was prepared. Yeah. 
Like, like that was part, again, part of the shtick. So the reason that I say that, you know, it's weird for me to say, Hey, this is still funny is because um, of two things. One, I, it, many of you know, the reason I haven't posted a lot of videos is because frankly, um, I'm, I'm very self-conscious. You know, I, I am my worst uh, uh, critic and I don't really go for someone, you know, um, uh, saying, Hey, you know, you made a mistake right there. Or you did this wrong. You did that wrong. You know, everybody Listen. makes mistakes. But, Even the pros. And that's another video that Stevie T did. He did one where he um, tore up, of all people, Slash. Yeah. Oh, and then, so that's the thing, though. It, it, nobody complained when he, was, when he was going after Slash, Madonna. Uh, I think yep. he's done Lenny Kravitz. I know yep. he's done. Uh, but the thing is, like, exactly. I think all of those people have to have a sense of humor about themselves. If you think Madonna rubbing her ass against a guitar and pinching it between her ass and an amplifier, to make a noise out of it isn't having a laugh about that after the show like actually it's not whether you think about it if she isn't she's a really fucked up individual because the whole thing is like she's having fun that's what that is if that's just work to her then i'm sorry like we probably need to reevaluate who are who are buying records from you know what i mean um but the slash thing buying mcdonald's records anyway not the news the slash thing his guitar was detuned like his yeah. D string was done. And the funny thing is that Stevie T is such a good guitar player. He'll listen to this and be like, I know exactly what happened here yep. and I'm going to replicate it and I'll show you exactly what happened. And then he plays the fucked up wrong solo note for note. <laughs> In the case of Madonna, he looked at her hand and where it was at on the guitar and constructed a solo that you couldn't hear yeah. out of what she was doing. And I, I mean, I just, I, my jaw drops when I see stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's not necessarily about, the, the artist that he's kind of like poking fun at it's way more about the fact that Stevie T can deconstruct that stuff and actually do that. Exactly. That's more fun to me than seeing him insult me. And, and again, these people have to have a sense of humor about themselves. I guarantee you somebody like Johnny Depp watched him, him pick apart his slide play. Oh yeah. Johnny Depp was racked up. I mean, these people have this shit happen all the time. This is much better than tabloid bullshit yeah. where it's completely, you know, completely false makes them look terrible, you know, every ad infinitum to all the, the possibilities there. But Exactly. Um, so. And, you know, we're living in a world, this is the thing that people um, uh, might be forgetting, is that we're living in a world now, obviously, full of cell phones and instantaneous sharing of, of things that happen. Do you think Slash's um, terrible thing would have gotten on uh, a video worldwide if it hadn't been for the fact that somebody was there with a cell oh, phone? Well, no, because that was recorded by MTV. That was at their like their honoring Ozzy celebration thing, but if you watch that, did you see the reaction of Ozzy Osbourne in the audience when that solo started? Yeah, yeah. He that literally was looked over at Sharon, and then of course Stevie Tree tries to decode what Ozzy said to Sharon, and he had a couple of different variations. But I swear to you, if you look at what he says, he clearly looks at Sharon and says, "Wow, that blows." Yeah, and you know, <laughs> there is oh. a reason. Yeah, and there's a reason that you don't have live, uh, typically live recordings of these um, events. It's because yes. stuff can go wrong. A guitar can be handed to you out of tune. Um, you get um, that. That's fine in a concert. Did they use your Illusion DVD? Since we're talking about Slash, they use yeah. your Illusion DVDs. There's, um, I, I believe it's the Tobacco Burst that he uses in a couple songs. 
that thing is out of tune the entire fucking performance. And he gets it like two or three different songs. And I, I, I mean, I was not a, a really super well-versed guitar player, but I heard it and I was like, there's something wrong with that guitar. You know, it was like, clearly he should not be playing that, you know? But of course in yeah. those days, Slash was fairly inebriated and I guarantee you he had no idea what was going on. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't as sober as he is now. And again, you know, um, uh, well, that one got caught on television. The one with uh, Nick Jonas, who obviously isn't known as a great guitar player, but still, that was embarrassing. And you can tell, you can see the look on his face when he's trying to bend that note into tune. And he's like, yeah. I can't even get it there. It's just, I give up. And then he just yeah. gets out of the solo fast. I mean, no, but, and I, but, but there again, there's a guy, Nick Jonas. Nobody's going to sit there and get mad at Stevie T for making fun of Nick Jonas. Right. Maybe Which a very did. small amount of people. I mean, he's got a million followers on YouTube. Yeah, he's I obviously mean, funny. Somebody obviously likes what he's doing. But I will say this much. Stevie T, come on, dude. Let's get back to the old videos. I want to see you do more translation stuff. I want to see you do- I want to see him do the more things stuff that where he, popular. Where he dresses as the entire band. and Yeah, that's great stuff. And his sister, he dresses as his own sister. It, it, what this boils down to is right now, he's probably making money off monetization. That's probably how he's supporting himself. He's got a million followers. That's enough. He could probably, you know, get a decent living off of monetization. So he's looking at this and he's going, YouTube wants me in order to monetize. I have to have a video per week. And so the fastest way to do this is to make some shit posts. Monetization is is higher than one now. Yeah. And that was his complaint. He was doing some where he was recording in the car. He was, he's trying to shotgun it right now to figure out, okay, how do I. Yeah. How do I keep, how do I stay relevant at this point? Give the number because it's not, it's not his fans that are giving them. It's YouTube that says, Hey, we're not getting enough content from you. Yeah. It's, it's a sad situation because if you don't put out more video, it's a sad situation for him because I really do like what Stevie T does. I'd love for him to come on the show. I think he's way too big for our show at this point. Um, Although I wouldn't hesitate to reach out to him. Um, But, but my issue with Stevie T's situation is he has decided okay, I'm going to do these videos that are kind of poking fun at people. And and I'm not going to make it clear that this is all in good fun. Like, they, it should be obvious, but you know there are people out there that are like, this is how Stevie T really is. You know, the guy that kicks water bottles in every video he does. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know how you can take him old. seriously when he says this stuff. But He's a 30-year-old in an 18-year-old body. I mean, the yeah. guy... You know, the guy is uh, is 30 years old and, and looks like he's 18 and he and he acts like he's 18. He I, just, I just don't understand how people can take him seriously. I don't. That's why, I, like, when I see these videos, yeah, he's making fun of somebody. But is he really making fun of him? I mean, look at him. No, no. Of course he's not because he's got his own, he's got his own issues and he's done his own videos where he makes, he, he takes um, fun that's made of him. I, you know, the, 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 the funniest thing is, like, so he's friends with, like, like Jared Dines. He knows... Um, yeah. Uh, the guy from Spectre SMG, I, I met him too, and his name is Casey at the moment. Glenn, um, Glenn, Glenn Fricker. Um, he's also he, you know, of course, does Henning Paul and all those guys too. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're all buying guitars from Chapman right now, like Chapman sponsoring them because Chapman had his big YouTube, you know, moment in the sun. Yep. Um, and I'm kind of laughing because Stevie T's the only one not endorsed by Chapman. No, Kiesel. No, he's a Kiesel guy through and through. And if they, I, I was watching, uh, eh, we'll get into this in a minute. I was watching uh, Jeff Kiesel do like his uh, NAM thing from 2018. Uh, I guess it was January. And <laughs> he, 
he has a poster of Stevie T in the background and he's like, look at this guy. And he just starts like chuckling and laughing. And like, he's like, yeah, he's like, he plays guitars. And he's like, if you think for a second that his, you know, his thing is like being a comedian, watch him actually play. And you know oh, what? Yeah. Jeff Kiesel's actually right for a change. Well, he used to do, um, Stevie T used to do a lot of like, here's how to play this, here's how to play that. But they weren't, it's an unfortunate fact. So there's a, there's a couple things that are, that are wrong with the YouTube community as far as, um, it, not, not the people, but the monetization side of it is that, um, okay, so YouTube is a giant television channel, right? Yeah. It's 24 it, hours a day, seven days a week, a bazillion channels. On demand television. On demand. So what you have is um, you want to have eyes eyeballs and advertising time right right so there's two things that you want to have it's no f words right <coughs> right and no uh nothing that's going to make people you know look away and then you want to have um a lot of view because if you don't get a lot of stuff so it's it's the same thing going wrong and the reason for this monetization problem it's going wrong with youtube is the same thing that went wrong with television television was at one time an open thing when i grew up um, people uh, my age and even a little younger in their 40s will remember um, uh, public access television. Yeah, yeah, we still have public access shows. here in the city, but I mean, it, nobody watches it. Right, but the ridiculous shows that would come on public access. Oh, yeah. Wayne's World was based on, guys. Yeah, because if you don't understand, Wayne's World was like a thing, that not, not a real thing, but right. there were people broadcasting out of their basements. Or, right. or This YouTube thing is not new. And this thing of us sitting here doing podcasts, this is not new. There were people who had radio stations running out of their homes. Pirate radio stations, yeah. Pirate radio stations that were getting out there and they were get they were finding frequencies that weren't being used and they were going out there because the FCC would try. the FCC come out and bust them. <laughs> but this thing- Find them or arrest them. This is real. And it, just because it was a smaller thing doesn't mean that it didn't exist. But they were, they were getting advertising. And they were, you know, the, the lucky folks got- a show, a real show. Yeah, yeah. But if you look, the, the guys that, that um, have come Tom from- Tom Green was an example. Real television. Yeah. Um, the, the guys on YouTube that have gotten real television shows, like the, the was it the Angry Orange or something? Yeah. Uh, those things- The one girl got a Netflix show. I mean, there's a couple of people that have actually gotten like legitimate shows out of it. And most of them didn't go anywhere. Right, they don't translate well. And, and everything's trying to find- um, uh, this this way of making this money, and the problem is, if you if you're Stevie T or you're um, Jared Dines or whoever you are, and you need to, um, and, and we've talked about other channels, you and I on the side, um, who do, do shock stuff to say, look at my channel, look at me, yeah, you know, um, I'm gonna snort some ants or whatever. Uh, I mean, it's like okay, Ozzy. There, are people, there are people who have YouTube channels where they let insects and, and animals bite them. Believe it or not, Jim and I have a line we will not cross. <laughs> and that's one of them. Yeah, we have a, we actually, the line we will not cross is pretty significant. Jim and I have actually, um, I found in the last couple of episodes, I have edited more frequently than I ever had to. And it's because some of the subject matter we've discussed with guests and other people has been, um, it's not that it's necessarily something that I wouldn't have the conversation with with somebody I knew, but it's one of those things where, people would get the wrong impression if they heard some of the things that were said. So right. I'm just it, being out of context. Careful. Yes. Right. Taking it out of context, it wouldn't make any sense. And it wouldn't be. <clears throat> so anyway, um, being that this is our hundredth episode, according to that Stevie T thing, again, I'm very self-conscious and I really don't want people, um, but I'm an admin in the group and I can just shut the stuff off. But I watch, um, uh, 
what's his name? Uh, the guy that does. Um, oh, now his now his name is is out of my head. I don't know why. But anyway, this guy, um, if he sees somebody he even thinks is uh, trolling him during his uh, live stuff, it blocked. Yeah, blocks. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you didn't even give the person a chance to explain it. Maybe not because I hear some of that stuff. And we've I go, never pushed the button like that, but we've had some situations in the group where, you know, we block people had people that come in and we're like, eh, I don't know about this because I've had interaction with this person somewhere else. Yeah, but we had that guy that was all America and talking about, you know, and that we, guy we banned instantly because we were we like, nah, uh-uh, that's done. Uh, I did ban. I banned somebody this week, uh, somebody who's just shit posting videos of them self-promoting and not interacting in the group. But yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, we don't mind if you're one of those what they call stalkers, where you where you yeah walk. you lurk all day long. Lur- is it lurkers before you push your junk on everybody? Yeah, I it's mean, one if you're thing sell to drugs, at least introduce yourself first. Yeah, it, it's okay. Like um, we we're we're cool with people pushing their stuff, but at least re- interact with other things too. Like if you're going to say, hey, check out my new album. Um, then maybe yeah, yeah. talk to people about stuff that's musical. And, I, and I'll be honest with you. I've had a couple of people send me, um, send me Facebook messages and I, and I'm a nice guy. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say this to somebody, but this did occur to me. This, this is the kind of shit that goes on inside my head. Um, somebody sent me, Oh, we should talk about this this week. And I was like, you should join the Patreon. So then I feel more inclined to talk about this this week. <laughs> yeah. We might get to it if there's time. <laughs> So, okay, so um, as we had promised ourselves um, and have as said before, in our 100th episode, we were going back to one a week. So as of next week, we're going to yep. be doing one, one episode. One on Monday or Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. So and, we'll see uh, our numbers cut in half. Yeah, it's going to suck. But, you know, at the same time, we still know it's the same amount of people that are listening to us. And this is going to give me the ability to spend the night going around guitar shopping or whatever to, to build Instagram content, to build, um, you know, YouTube videos. I've got God. I got too many pedals to demo right now. Um, yeah, and I so really, David, okay. I don't want to be the pedal demo guy. I'm gonna be honest with everybody right now. Let, let's just get this out in the open. I'm yes, gonna demo does. these fuzz pedals. Yes, he does. I'm probably still gonna do fuzz pedals specifically, but I'm not the guy that wants to demo gear. We have way too many fucking people on YouTube doing that right now, and yeah. maybe I bring a different That's slant awesome. to it. But come on, do we really need me? No. Rich Robert Jackson. That's the guy. Jackson is the guy right now that I think should be demonstrating both guitars and pedals. Except for fuzz pedals. Just because Robert's got it down to science at this point. He's gotten really good at it. Yeah. He's he's the kind of guy. He's got all the stuff. He's got all the, you know. Ryan can do the pedals till he's blue in the face, but Robert Jackson can do everything else. That's right. Now Ryan's going to, Ryan's going to kill me because I said that, but. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I, to his credit brian's got some really good content lately he he shot out the katana in the next tone which that I was haven't watched that pretty yet. enlightening yeah you, wasn't, that look the, at it. wasn't that the, the katana or uh, the next tone 80 uh like, no it was the four it was the 40 or 60 it was the smaller one. Oh, it is the four yeah it's the smaller versus the smaller katana so all right what what did you get from that i haven't watched it yet what did you get from it all right so i'm not in the room so Take everything I'm about to say with a pinch of salt. I was not in the room for this, but I can I can absolutely say that it's not worth my money. Nope. I, I okay. So I saw Anderton's um thing with it. They did the next tone versus the katana as well. Yeah, I didn't really feel like 
And I was like, nah. I think, I think, so I think Ryan's video did a really good job of close miking and getting a good close mic sound. I think yep. Anderton's, what they do a really good job of is getting a lot of the in-room mic. Um, yep. If you compare those two videos, you'll get a pretty good idea of what the difference is going to be like in, in the room. And for my money, that's a big leap to go from like a, a $300 amp to a $600 amp. Well, the, the Katana 50 right now is what? No, it's like 250. I mean, it, the Katana 50 is way cheaper. And I'm so just saying like, I would I do that again. $250. Yeah, $229. I mean, but the Katana head, the only reason they have is the backup amp. To be honest with you. I mean, I use it as a practice amp around the house, but I, I, I honestly probably would sell it if I had another amp. So, um, I don't know, man. The, the Katana, the Next Tone, uh, the empty chair that's sitting across from me while I continue to ramble. Ramble on! Sing my song! I don't know what the rest of the lyrics are, but anyway. Um, yeah, no, for, for real though. Um, what you're getting if you buy the Katana is you're getting a little bit more flexibility. You get you get effects, built-in effects, which don't sound horrendous. You get the EQ. I don't know if the next tone has the EQ on the inside. There's a possibility it does. Um, I just didn't feel like, oh, going from a 6L6 sound to a 6V6 sound or an EL84 or EL34 was really that significant of a compelling argument to buy that amp. And I also think, and everyone's going to shoot me, but they're the same platform. Anybody that's going around saying, oh, well, no, the, the next tone has all this different stuff in it. I want to see gut shots to prove that before I say anything. But, I mean, the outside of the chassis is basically identical, which reeks of it's all software inside. And if that's the case, then somebody at some point is going to figure out a way to make the, um, the Katana sound like the next tone and using, you know, software upgrades in the back on the background on that. Um, so. I don't know. I, I I still stand by the my original statement that like the next tone is is it, it's too expensive. If it had come in at four hundred dollars, the problem is they couldn't do that because they brought up that stupid katana artist. And yes, it's stupid. Yep. It's stupid. Everybody listen to me. It's stupid. Class A B, and it's it's still a fucking solid state amp. Yep. Now, class A B, class A, class you know class what class D. Class D is solid state, right? You can't do it with tubes. That's my understanding. Class A is single ended. Single ended class A is a different thing. Right. I watched this whole thing when they were talking about class A, class class A B. Right. And I'll be honest with you, having played amps that are very similar or have the ability to switch between them, look, um, if you like the sound of the amp, you like the sound of the amp. And this whole idea that you're gonna have a solid state amp that somehow emulates class A B through solid state circuitry just sounds insane to me. And I played the, uh, the artist. It is not worth the extra investment of money, but what it did, what is the artist now? I say it's 500 bucks, I think, or 600. So what it did was it said, well, if we introduce another amp, we have to price it at this. So the next tone, even though the feature set is probably more consistent with the $400 amp is now going to be priced at $600. And honestly, I mean, at $600, you're looking at really good tube amps at that point. Well, even all right. So the the uh, artist, which is the forty watt version, I think it's forty watts. Um, so the next tone is um, four ninety nine for a forty watt amp, and seven hundred dollars for an eighty watt. 
Now, of course, the sale the the sale pitch of it is this: the um, you can get uh, you know six L six and this thing and this thing. This was my thing. What my takeaway from it? So what Andertons did was they shot it out with similar tube, real tube amps, all tube amps, with the same front ends. And honestly, the only one it came even close to was the Marshall. And even then, the you could get a Marshall Origin for less than that. Yeah, dude. That's why I'm like, they priced themselves out of the market on this. It's, Nobody is going to buy a solid state amp for that amount of money when yeah. they could buy a tube amp. And, and, and for one reason only, one reason only, if any reason other than this, this is the reason you need to consider. I can repair a tube amp. I can take a tube amp and have it repaired without replacing the board. And you're not going to do that with the, with most yeah. solid state amps. And you're definitely and not going to do it with one of these digital hybrids. And what happens when that tube goes bad? You'll replace the fucking tube. I mean, uh, well, are they, are they, uh, what do you call it? When you adjust the tube, are they biased? Well, I'm saying you take it into the shop to have it done. You can't I'm even take this into the shop to have, no, these don't I'm have talking about these. They don't right. have tubes. There's nothing like that. Right. And that's my point. This solid state, it's digital. This is, it's this still, is useless as far as repairing. It's still, it. it's still tube emulation. Oh, look at us. We're boss. We're better than anybody else. Look, you know, I, I have no doubt in my mind that that Waza amp, the really high-end amp they put out, is probably yep. fucking amazing. Yep. But what are we looking at here? Flip it around. And you, you, were, you walked away from the camera when I, when I said this, but this is the same hardware platform oh, until yeah. I see gut shots to prove me otherwise that's in the That's Katana. Katana. Yeah. So I, I, have no, I have no faith that this thing is in anything more than a tweaked software update that they're for not going to put out for the katana for 140 dollars less you can get a katana 100 and you right. have everything that you and more than you get with the next tone and and 10 years of software experience from behind it because the katana is a boss gt100 right it is nothing more than a boss gt100 right people are saying oh well it's got tweak models yeah, but it's just EQ tweaks. Right. That's all it was. Yep. Um, and I can tell you what models are what channel on the amp. I mean, that that's how uh, the, the crunch channel is a basement. The uh, the clean channel is a JC120. The uh, the lead channel is, um, I think it's a 5150. And the brown channel is a Soldano. I mean, I, 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 I can't say any more than that. Like, that people have hacked the software and they found this information out. So you can, you can dig around, you'll find it. Um, but I, but I, I think we're done talking about this. Let, let's, let's move on to the other segue. So we were talking about Stevie T earlier. Stevie yep. T is endorsed by Carvin, Carvin Kiesel. Um, Kiesel, we've talked about Kiesel on the show before. I think Kiesel offers a really inter- interesting value option for somebody who needs something that has very specific requirements. Let's say, Jim, I, I am going to play death metal from now on but i'm going to play um i'm going to play math death metal which means that um it's you know some people call it gent or whatever you want to call it look there's thousands of different genres of metal it's not important the, the thing is i'm going to be genting so i want and, and and this is what i need to do my craft i need a fan fret seven or eight string guitar with 
an exotic wood top and, you know, a super deep cutaway at 24 frets, you know, and, and insane metal pickups. Where am I going? Cause I'm not going to go. I I'm, I I'm a bedroom player first and I, I got to put this band together. I'm not going to Ormsby. I'm not going to, um, uh, well, any of the metal builders, I'm not going to, well, I might buy a Solaris, but, but the point is if I'm going to have very specific requirements like that, I'm going to go to Jeff Kiesel's come. Well, it's not his company. We'll get into that. Uh, I'm going to go to Jeff Kiesel and I'm going to get a Kiesel guitar. And I'm going to get it customized to what I need. Now, this is going to cost some serious bread, but it's going to be way less than if I was to go to a major manufacturer or even minor manufacturer and get something custom made um, or buy something off the shelf. Strandberg, right? For example, they're imported up to like $3,000. $3,000 imports is my understanding. Now, uh, Jason Fussmarger is in the group. He's a Strandberg head. He can correct me on this. I'm, I'm looking for his input. Um, obviously, I may be incorrect. If you're listening to this show and you're wondering whether I'm correct, you should join the Facebook group because you will find this information. Um, but but the whole point is that, uh, you know, that's really expensive for an import. I buy a Kiesel. It's made in the States. Now, the parts exactly. might come overseas, but it's made in the States. Yeah, it's made right in Southern California. Right. So um, that that's my point. Now, here's why we're talking about Kiesel in this episode. I'm a member of the Carving Kiesel community, and I was specking out some guitars this week, and I finally just got pissed off. Because I was looking at, you know, what certain options cost and things. And it became very clear very quickly that their tool for ordering guitars is a fucking disaster. Okay. So here's my post in the Carvin Kiesel group. Kiesel's website needs a massive usability tech update. If anyone's ever used the order form, it's totally not clear how finishes and other things work. And there are a ton of options missing. I know a guitar configurator with graphics would be expensive. So I'm fine with just text, but the online order form shouldn't be so counterintuitive. The first person, the first person to respond made a joke about it. Aimed at me saying, call the guys. That's when I realized, holy shit, what is about to happen? This thread is sitting at 51 comments plus, right? It was 51 and I haven't refreshed this page in a long time. So it's probably sitting at a hundred something comments at this point, or may, maybe even 200. At this point. I mean, I'm still getting notifications today and I did this yesterday. So here, here, here's the, here's the gut reaction. Most of what the, the, the um, notifications I'm getting are, yeah, you're right. And people laughing because, because they know I'm right. And, and the heart, you know, people are thrilled. I got several people who gave me the angry face and to my knowledge, they don't work for Kiesel. Right. And then I had a lot of people in the comments that were like, no, that's the wrong way to do business. Nobody in the guitar community wants to do that. All right. So this is where I'm going to start getting a little bit angry. And, you know, it's kind of my shtick. I know I, we had, a, we had a, somebody review us on iTunes and say that I'm the angry one or whatever. That person has since recanted the review. If you're still listening, thank you so much for listening to more than one episode. You know I'm a reasonable guy. I appreciate that. But right now, I'm not going to be that reasonable. So, um, I, I, going through the thread, there's a lot of people that were like, this is not the way that they should do business. And here was my response. And, and it was pretty much verbatim and done multiple times in this thread where I said, look, I'm not asking for a guitar configurator. 
I don't want to see pictures. I don't want them to see them spend a whole bunch of money. I just want to see them read a book about web usability and understand that a radio button is not the same thing as a checkbox and that they need to at least update it when they come out with new options. Um, and that ultimately, yes, this is, I, I understand that Kiesel may not want to use this as a way for people to buy the guitar on their website, but there should be at least a way to estimate how much the cost will be when you call them up without having to call them up and waste their time. Could you imagine? I spent probably four hours over the last few days throwing together different guitar combinations just yeah. to see what they cost, just to see what kind of finish options they had. And uh, if I had called them up and wasted four hours of their time, that's ridiculous. That's not the way anybody should be doing business. My whole thing and, and my rant in this group was, look, they should be offering both. When you order from this company, you do want to have that personalized customer service where you can call somebody up, talk to them, and, and find out the information you need on the phone. But at the same time, you shouldn't have to either. This is not a small company. There's a perception that Kiesel is like a small builder. Listen, they got like 20 plus employees building 7,000 guitars a year. What the fuck? Your website is garbage. Now, here's the, here's the, the thing I told you, Jim, last night. And I know I haven't let you talk. I'm going to give you space here in a minute. Um, look, there is one reason that they have not done this. That, that comes to mind. That could be a possibility. It is a theory. It is an untested, untried theory. I don't have any insider information to understand this theory. And this might actually get me in trouble. Should I ever decide to order a key? Saying this. But we all know keys will split. They, they originally were carving guitar or carving audio. And then they split the carving guitars and carving audio. And it was, it was a family thing. And the two brothers separated. And we know that carving audio folded right after within like a year or two. Right. And now, now they're back. They've got some sort of special financing, which probably means they went to the bank and begged for a loan. Um, and none of this has been made publicly official in terms of their, their financial outlay because it's a private company. None of this has to be made, made public except to the IRS. Right. And the IRS protects private business interests. Um, a lot of these things I know because I've been a consultant and I've been around a lot of businesses over the years and seen how this kind of stuff goes, especially private. Businesses. Now, I think what happened was when they split, Carvin Guitars assumed a portion of their debt, okay? And that was probably the only amicable way that Carvin Audio would let them split. Do you really think the brother would take the lucrative part of the company, because it's pretty clear that was what was keeping the place afloat, and let them spin off without being aware that they were about to get their ass handed to them debt-wise? No. No way in hell. So I figure he probably split the debt up. It was probably not 50-50. It was probably, well, Carvin makes this amount of money per year, so they assume this amount of debt, or Carvin Guitars. And so now, we're I think it's three or four years after that deal's happened, maybe that debt is starting to wind down, but it's still lingering. And that means they don't have a Plex machine, which, which is now basically becoming industry standard for custom guitar shops. Um, if you don't have a Plex machine, you know somebody who's got one that's letting you use it, or um, you have made it part of your design and um, building expertise that we don't use a Plex machine, which I've seen that before too, which is actually what Kiesel's doing right now. 
Um, now, Kiesel, Kiesel's a high-tech shop. Everything they can do is CNC, right? That's the only way you can do what they do, is to CNC everything. But they don't have a Plex machine, which is very strange to me, because even GNL, GNL, company that prides itself on making the guitars by hand, has a Plex machine and uses it on every single USA GNL that comes out of the shop. Um, Gibson uses a Plex machine. I mean, it's not uncommon now, right? Uh, it's a very expensive piece of hardware. It's over $100,000 for a Plex machine. Um, and, and you have to be trained to use it. So, so like, there's a whole bunch of you know little issues there. But ultimately, my point is, the reason they haven't upgraded their website is because it's last on their list of things to do in terms of finance. And if you don't know what a website costs for a private business, if you want a quality website, you're not going over to, to a Shopify and building it over on Shopify. That works great for small business. But if you're a legitimate, like large business, like Kiesel, who makes 7,000 guitars a year, guess what? You're going to have to pay. It's going to cost you $100,000 to get a a site. Bare minimum, right? And then if you want that guitar configurator, keep adding. Because that's a custom application. And that's not cheap. Actually, I have a cousin who does does 3D rendering for furniture companies. And I've heard through family members, what his balance sheet looks like. And it's pretty clear that that's, you know, that that's something I think is out of the realm of possibility for, for Kiesel at this point. But that all being said, the real reason I want to bring this up is because we all know Jeff Kiesel. We've seen pictures of him. We've seen him on Instagram. And he's one of the most polarizing figures in guitars right now. And I just can't understand how a company decided that they're going to take a guy it rubs people the wrong way and make him the marketing guy. Now I know he's family. Like I know he is the heir to the Kiesel throne, but let's be completely honest. Jeff's not really that well liked by a lot of people unless you own a Kiesel. And that's what I'm getting at. These people that were getting pissed at me in this forum were pissed because it was like, Oh, you're trashing Kiesel guitars. I'm not trashing Kiesel guitars. I'm making a suggestion. People. I'd like to buy one. (laughs) There is a, um, a definite movement in culture right now that if you don't like a thing, then you don't like every kill it. And it, there's a, I'm, I'm not sure what it is. Like if you say, you know what? I don't think that stairway to heaven is that great a song. It's extremism. Oh, you, don't like, you don't like Zed Zeppelin. What's wrong with you? It, no, no. Sorry. That's not a big enough leap, Jim. No, it's not. You don't like Led Zeppelin. You don't like seventies classic rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you don't like everything about it. What? You know, it, it's there's this there's this huge leap that people are taking that just because you don't like something about an, an item or um, even like you know an individual, then you hate that person or you hate that that whole company or even that that whole genre of whatever it is. And that's not the case. And and the problem is that. that for some reason, we have, especially in the guitar community, I see it a lot, this automatic defensive. I remember when I was first in, um, I, I never really joined a guitar um, Facebook page till two years ago. I know, right? Yeah. And uh, so, I think I might have been there for that. I think oh, I yeah. might have seen the aftermath of that. And I said something like, you know, guys, you know, maybe you could spend a little less time talking about stealing guitars from guitar centers. Next thing I know... <laughs> Which is funny because now that's been a big thing over at 60 Cycle Hub. Well, that's what I'm, that. I'm joking because I know they can take it. <laughs> and 
it was, it, but it was, I think it was 60 cycle hum. But anyway, I just said a little thing about, you know, oh, wow, this guy spent too much time talking about beer or something. Wow. I got oh, yeah. Cremated. Everybody I got, just took you, your you, shit you, like really bad. I remember. You throw your iPhone away and burn yourself at the stake because you're, you don't like 60 cycle. I didn't say I didn't like a show. He just said he didn't want to hear about beer anymore. I didn't think it was a good idea to talk about, hey, if it works for you, it works for you. But I just didn't like it. And, and I didn't think it was entertaining. But that doesn't mean, just because you don't entertain me. I, at last I checked, they didn't call me and say, hey, Jim, you know what? We're doing a show. Can you tell us whether or not this would entertain you? I get that. I Jim, get it. You're the fucking reason all my favorite shows have gotten canceled. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> you son that's, of a bitch. That's why Family Vice Guy has been canceled three times. <laughs> um, it was all me. Um, it, it's just, um, you know, I, I, I wish that Seth MacFarlane would stop calling me, but, um, as a side note, you know, that's the thing, it, you know, it's like, why are you guys getting Ryan and Steve hadn't said a word and these people are trashing me like, wow, thanks for inviting me into the group. You guys are such a fucking wonderful, wonderful, group. lovely group of people. What an yeah. asshole. What a I, bunch I, of asshole. That's I the will, only thing I can think of. And it's and, and it's because of that, I don't even post in there. I'm like, I, you, I, I'm not Jim, posting. I don't give a shit. Jim, <laughs> what you got to understand is um, a lot of these shows, and, and, I, and I'm not going to go into specifics, but they, they know who they are. And some of them probably listen to our show. Um, I, they have a very specific way that they've handled their culture. And honestly, I I I want to I want to say this in the nicest possible way. These shows are an underground subculture all to themselves, and so the antics and behavior. A lot of the people, and I've heard them even say it before in in certain contexts, have said, um, have said that, um, you know, they felt like they were the misfit toys of the rest of the gear community. Now, if you think for a second, the kinds of behavior that you've run into in groups like 60 Cycle Hum, Gear Slum, and whoever else at this point, is any worse than what you run into on the gear page, I will refer to you that previous episode where I talked about that sexist-ass thread over on the gear page. Oh my God. The things that I have seen I cannot unsee. Well, that's just it. So we started this whole thing with this positivity. And, you know, the, the, uh, the Stevie T thing and everything else. We try to um, look for positivity as much as we can with, with people and with stuff. So we would not put up with someone being negative towards you if you put something in the, in the group and they were slamming you like, ah, oh, you're playing socks or something like that. That would be, that would be instant. We'd, we'd at least delete the, the stuff and talk to but what I'm saying is that you would think that a group of misfits, as we are, um, would say, hey, you know what? I don't want to treat people like I got treated. The reason I'm here is I felt a misfit over there. But it, it seems like there's this, it's, it's like a high school clique. And look, fellas, everybody is too old for that shit. And so you don't need to click. You don't need it. You, you just hang with like, like-minded people because they're like-minded, but don't hang with like-minded people because they're all mean. It is a lot harder to lift a person up 
even when you're, you, you've got to try harder to find something positive to say than to um, slam someone. You know what, you know what I see it as? And, and I know, I, look, I know the people in these groups. I'm, I'm good friends with many of them. And I got to say, that is the kind of guilt that's associated with people who have been racist or something at some point in their life and have hurt people because they were different than them. It is the same kind of guilt. And, and, and it's not that maybe Jim, maybe Jim took it more personally than it should have been taken because he's not a member of that culture community, doesn't understand the communication patterns at that time. But the point is that when that happens, it is literally like antibodies in a, in a person attacking an illness. And everybody clusters in, and they all make it ugly, and it's totally unnecessary. What you should say is, how do we show this person how we feel instead of attacking them and, and, and do it in a positive way. Say, yeah, we know they, they talk a lot about beer on the show, but it's just part of the, it's just part of the show. And like, you know, it's just part of their personality coming out. Right. Honestly, the parts where they talk about guitars are great, you know? Yeah. Um, But instead they say, you need to fucking die. Go jump off a bridge. I hope you hang yourself. Are you kidding me? Well, go find a, go find another podcast then. Wow. Okay. Sorry, I'm not one of you guys. I mean, but that said, all I'm saying is it could have been, hey, man, it's just something, you know, you'll get used to it after a while or something like that. Yeah, it's just, it a, just-, it's just a part of the show. You know, and, and honestly, if I hadn't listened to many, I, almost all the shows I listened to, I've listened to from the beginning. Like, yeah. I went back and I started episode one and I scrolled through all of them. Like, I don't think... So like our show, for example, if you were, you know what? I think our show might be unique in that way. I, I take it back. Flippin' Flippers is a good example. Cause I, we don't, I don't pick on Flippin' Flippers and I haven't listened to every episode of Flippin' Flippers. I'm probably, I know I'm behind cause I, I'm still in the first season, but um, Flippin' Flippers is a show that I felt like if I jumped in at season two, which I did, I, I listened to one season two episode and I was like, wait a minute, what happened? Like, the show is a different format now. Like, I don't understand what happened. Um, I, I, I feel like you would have a much tougher time with some of these podcasts. If you don't listen from the beginning, if you don't start and go back from the beginning. Um, I feel like our podcast, we really haven't changed the format. much. I mean, it's usually just me and you raping and me screaming and shit, you know, us making some really bad dad jokes and, um, probably, uh, probably uh, offending people. We even had a dad joke, uh, episode. Yeah, I think we did. Good. We had a um, uh, we had a whole episode about dad jokes. Yeah. I'm sitting here looking at my gray hair, my gray beard. Okay. To be truthful, I have a child, so I am a dad joke. <laughs> I am a meme. I am a walking meme. But <laughs> I'm aware of that. I mean, I get that I don't understand online culture because of the fact that we, you know, when I when I grew up, we didn't have that. You picked on people in your in in your face, you know? Yeah. You picked fights with people like you actually fought one another. If you do that now in school, guess what happens? You get expelled. (laughs) When I was a kid, we got a slap on the wrist when we punched somebody in the face. Okay. I I, I got an in-school detention 
which basically just amounted to me being able to sit in the room and not have to deal with anything for a day. It was freaking awesome. When that happened to me, I was like, man, I should pick more fights. Honestly, that was kind of my attitude. I got more done today than I ever have. When I was little, um, when I was in school, I say little, I didn't, when I graduated uh, school, I was five foot five and 118 pounds. So that's um, wrestler, I was, wrestler, right? Yeah, I was a wrestler. And so I was a wrestler. So I was small I and it was easy to pick on me. And I was picked on a lot because I played guitar and I like science fiction. Those were two things that just went great together. So get the shit kicked out of you a lot. And mm-hmm. then, that's what wrestling teaches you. It does not teach you how to fight. Avoid fight getting your shit down. kicked out of you. Unless it somebody wants to hold somebody down. <laughs> unless somebody wants to hug a lot, you don't get a lot of yeah. wrestling. Is not good for fighting. I don't know. I just fought dirty. I just go for the balls and fucking pull hair. And yeah, I mean, I anything I could do to hurt someone. <laughs> I, I really didn't know how to do that. A couple of fights I was actually in school. They were pretty much boxing matches. But believe me, I'm ready to throw that switch whenever. I don't care. If I have to inflict pain on you, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, being short, my arm length didn't really lend itself to boxing either. But anyway, so the point is that we, we, we could face those people. You saw them in the face and you could tell yeah, by their eyes. And you their had face to think about what you said because you knew where it was headed. Right. And so there's trolling. And like you said, it's, it, it's like a, a virus. If somebody says something and, and another person thinks, you know, I can, I can add to that. I'm feeling a little bit like that. Whether they want to be funny. Or, this will make them laugh. And, they add, and then another person adds and another person adds. And it suddenly becomes, like you said, this festering boil of, of negativity. Um, and it, it just, I, I think, breeds a completely different attitude. I can't, I, I don't like to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, there have been a couple of times where I've had to blow up people because they misconstrued something I did. Granted, what I did was in poor taste, but they misconstrued something I did, what I did, and then like made out like I was something I was not and used a very specific word that I do not allow being used. And I just exploded. I thought I was going to get banned from that group, to be honest with you. But it's just one of those things where I've talked to that person since. We've had long conversations and been very cordial and nice to one another. And I would consider that person as somebody I would buy a beer or whatever for, you know, and, and that's like, that's totally water under the bridge. But my point is, if you don't have that inter- interaction where you set those boundaries, which you never have those interactions on the internet, right? There are no boundaries. And it there are no boundaries. Dangerous way. And do what they want. And, uh, you know, so, Trolling is a sport for some people mm-hmm. and they're very good at it and they're very mean and they're, and it's brutal. And although I can, I can still, I still don't see how people take it to the, to the extent that they commit suicide over it. I can understand. Right, 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 right. I, I don't, but if you're immersed in the internet as your primary method of communication, you really need to get something else going on. You really need. Yeah. I mean, you, you if you, but I'm just saying like, Picture yourself as a young person today, growing oh, yeah. up in a society yeah. where the internet is your focus. It, it you could definitely see how pe- this is affecting. You're right. Yourself. But um, you, you look circle kids- back. You, you have so, you have point. Go no, I was it. just saying. You look at kids today, and they live on their phones. And uh, what um, for a while, phones became this microscopic thing, and they suddenly and now they're getting bigger because everybody wants their eyes to be covered with it. 
And and I can't imagine the eye strain and the ear strain and everything else that's going on. And the, I'm guilty of it. Reality. There's this is a world that is not real, mm-hmm. and it is easy to lose. I, I, that's the reason I play Final Fantasy to begin with, because I don't have to worry about the fact that you know yeah. I'm I'm a it, it's another character and I can dive into a world that, that isn't real. And I get it. And we play guitar. When I get I've talked about this before. When I start playing guitar on stage, I forget that I'm 50-something years old with, with relatively bad knees and, and, and a little overweight. Or well, a lot overweight now. Yeah, and then when so, you feel it the next day, too. I feel it the next day. Oh, my feet are killing me, my arms, my legs, my knees, everything. But it's just like when I come out of the gym, I go, it's really hurt. That was really hurt. Now we got another topic. No, we no, we're going to circle back. We're, we're still talking about the same topic. We're, we're, we're going to get to that last one. Trust me. Oh, you're going to circle um, back to, to, uh, to well, so, uh, so this came out of the, our talk about Jeff Kiesel, right? I bring him up. Right. He's a polarizing figure. I'm not going to weigh on how I feel about him. You can probably guess how I feel about him because I'm bringing him up. Um, I think there's a lot of people who have that group think mentality with Jeff Kiesel. And look, I'm, I'm totally the guy even though I edit the show and I try to make sure that we're completely politically correct and I don't, we're not offending anyone that we, you know, don't intend to. Um, I, I want to make this very, believe me, we do intend well, to believe me, the people we do intend to offend want. some. Um, I, I, I want to make, I want to make this <laughs> the nicest terms possible. Um, I feel like the people that follow Jeff Kiesel tend to be the people that are more on the, I don't care about being politically correct side. When he walks through his booth, and I'm just going to give you this one thing, and then we're going to move on to the next topic. He walks through his booth, he picks up every guitar, and he goes, man, this thing looks sexy. What, are you going to have sex with it, Jeff? I mean, come on, dude, really? Uh, I, I, I get it. That's fluffery. He could, say, he could say other things, though, but he chooses, he chooses to use a, a, a vernacular that is, I would say, antiquated. I don't necessarily think it's offensive. I'm not a woman, so obviously I don't have that kind of attitude about it. But it's a vernacular to me that is that is mired in kind of like the late 90s, early 90s. Like, we can say this word now because we've had a sexual revolution. And now I feel empowered to say this word. But not think about how it affects other people. You know what I mean? Like, it's not quite evolved yet. Because he's, not, he's not putting a gender on it. I'll be clear. He's not putting a gender on it. But right. he, but it's almost like to, to to borrow from Jurassic Park, it's like a kid that's found his dad's gun. I, you know, I'm going to wait until the end of the episode to say something about sexiness in the in the music industry because I I want. Oh no, I I, I know where you're going, and I, I probably am going to agree with you on this. But but um, let's let's get on to the next uh, so the next thing. This is a big this is a big deal. Um, everyone who has been listening to the show for a long time, you know about the red unicorn and the red unicorn comes from Shengzhe guitars in China. Um, Shengzhe went belly up. Well, we thought went belly up several months back. Uh, It turns out that Shengzhe is back. All right. So I, I'm a member of the Shengzhe group. I am also a member or I'm on their Facebook page as well. And there's been a lot of communication with an individual and I, and I, let me see if I can pull up his messages so I can get his name right. His name, so he's from the Ukraine. Um, I believe his let's name have, is pronounced. Let's Evgeny. have uh, David butcher his name. I believe his name is pronounced Evgeny. Um, Evgeny, and I don't have his last name sitting in front of me. 
I'm, I'm digging through my, oh yeah, here it is. Evgeny Slusko. Okay. And Evgeny had a post when Bad Cat was coming back online saying, uh, hey guys, I'm the reason that Bad Cat is going out of business. For lack of a, a more obvious explanation. And I still need to talk to some other people over there about this. But I had a long conversation with Evgeny. And actually, um, I was speaking with some other people that were involved in this whole discussion first. And I was like, all right, is this dude the real deal? Um, we've obviously had some discussions with other people over there. There's Chris Taggart, for example, um, and, and others uh, yeah. who, who are kind of aware of this thing. And when we'll get to that scandal in a minute. There, there's more to me than meets the eye to all of this. So um, his responses to me were, were very cordial. He actually set up a date to talk to me. And then when he showed up, um, he basically said, okay, so here's the deal. I'm going to send you pictures of the original Bad Cat guitar, which my understanding um, is uh, was created. Well, the logo and the guitar itself was created in December 2015. And that uh, they did not actually start building guitars until 2016. So, um, as part of his his crusade, he first reached out to them and said, hey, guys, you ripped off my fucking guitars. I don't like it. And then he went and actually went to various fan pages. <coughs> and excuse me, sorry. Uh, and went to various individuals who were promoting their guitars on YouTube and made them aware that, hey, uh, Shengzi is a fraudulent um, logo. Uh, they used to be bad cat guitars. Um, so. He sent me pictures of a blue Les Paul with a Bigsby. Um, that is, I mean, it's a beautiful looking guitar. Uh, it has the Bad Cat logo on it, which actually I think their Bad Cat, his Bad Cat logo is slightly better in the sense that you can see that the, the, uh, the cat has a patch over one eye, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't, I haven't stared at mine well enough to see it. It, theirs is not as his is not as perloid as what bad cat uses either um so in the course of this conversation i asked i said uh do, you know you've been in litigation for some time he said yes um he's like and there was another lawsuit pending with back at amps that's what shut them down originally and made them change their name to shengze um and he's like i've spoken with the founder of bad cat amps and basically told me that i need to reach out to some other people in the group which i intend to do so because i i, I want to continue to, to all the stories it develops um but he was basically saying that uh they were not paying people on the internet for, for over the last couple of months because they're in litigation um now i, I i'm trying to because because again he doesn't speak perfect english i'm trying to glean from this that he actually had this guitar commission built probably by shengze or or Jason Gia, right? The guy that that uh, is responsible for things, eh? In a lot of ways. Um, and he had this guitar built, and then they took it and turned it into their model. Now, I don't care if they built his model and then copied it and said, you know, oh, well, you're our designer, because that's allegedly what they're saying now. In court, or at least in whatever kangaroo court that, that China puts up for this sort of thing, 
they've said, well, you know, he actually was our designer and he was compensated for that. Meaning we gave him a guitar, right? Um, the other part of this is that some of the, the early builds from them have his name on the truss rod cover. In fact, one of the people that has promoted his guitars on YouTube, Jimmy Photon, I will say his name. You can go look and see in some of the guitars he has from them, which he has several, have on the truss rod cover, East Lusco. They yeah. clearly stole his designs. I had not seen these. Had I known this, remember, Jim, we talked about this originally, I would not have ordered one of these guitars. My assumption was they had picked up some clip art somewhere and decided that that was going to be their logo. And then the, the clip art name was Bad still, Cat or something. Yeah, I still, you know, so I'm going to say this. because I got well, a It's, it's possible that Evgeny did the same thing. That's what I was going to say. I got a guy at work who's got a cat on his arm. And I said, what the heck is that? And he goes, oh, it's the Cheshire cat from, uh, from Alice in Wonderland. And I'm used to the Cheshire cat, the Disney style with fat cat. And it's, it's a tall, thin cat like yours. looks very similar right here on his, on his bicep. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I said, I just wondered because it looks like a guitar brand design. Well, so their logo is slightly different. Um, he sent me some photographs. I, I hesitate to put them up in the group because I know this is in litigation. I don't want to affect the outcome of it. Um, but it's this logo does not look identical to the one that's on the Bad Cat guitars, okay, and the Shanghai guitars. And I think part of it's that they chose to use perloid material rather than more of an ivory kind of material um, for the actual inlay work. But I this doesn't look as much like clip art is what's on the guitar right now. Um, and the other thing is, he specified, like, this, the fonts, they're all hand-drawn in these pictures he sent me. So, like, even the, you know, okay, so here's the the logo and how the, the logo looks. And it is a font, but he's got, like, illustrator files of how he laid it out, right? And including the the actual arc degrees and angles. And, I mean, there's measurements here. Like, these are design specs. And these are the kinds of things you would send to a builder to say, I need you to build me a prototype. So this really sounds like a situation where this guy was wanting to go to China and to produce some guitars. Um, he was probably already building instruments small time where he was at, or maybe customizing instruments from that manufacturer even. Um, and he goes, all right, I want to do, I want to do a small run. So he goes to them with this design and they build him one. And then he says, you know what? I don't have the capital to do this, or maybe I'll do it in a year or something. In the meantime, they're going to take, they're taking off. They're building a bunch of them and they're selling them everywhere. And so this whole concept just goes crazy. What gets me? And that it is, look, court case, court case is a court case. We know China is a kangaroo court. Anything you build in China, you run the risk of being basically taken out of the equation, right? Um, you have to be careful with that stuff. And everybody who builds in China knows that. They go through these really extensive agreements. And there's all sorts of litigation that happens on the international scale. Um, so being a small-time guy going to China, you need a broker. You need somebody who can ar argue on your behalf and has some cloud over there. Um, now, here's where my problem is. Evgeny is aware of people like Jimmy Photon, Chris Taggart, and all the other guys, Nick in the States, 
who have received bad cat guitars. And he has gone to these people and sent them messages saying, hey, you probably should tell people that the guitar you're endorsing, by the way, they are endorsing these in some cases. Jimmy Photon is an art is a Shenze artist. Okay. He's getting free guitars from this company. And he's walking around with Slusco's name on his his plate, his his trust rod cover. Come on, dude. Like the guy reaches out to you. I'm sorry, you're a jerk. If you didn't at least say, you know what? It's the only guitars I have. I have to play these until until I can get something else. Or yeah, I'm I'm really sorry. Like I'll issue a statement on my on my Facebook page or my YouTube channel or something, just so that we're at least clear that like I didn't know about this when this happened. I I it just it just boggles my mind that these people are still and some of these guys are still out there saying Shengze guitars are great. I'm glad that Shengze's back. Buy a Shengze now. Others are like, you know what? I know some people got burned. Maybe it's best to wait and see how the market does. I was involved in a discussion over there. They got pretty heated where I was like, look, I have a good Shengze. And my my initial impression of the company, my initial impression of the guitar is not a bad one. However, I had my issues and I walked into it prepared to have issues. If you walk into this thinking you're dealing with, you know, Fender here in the United States at a dealer, you're wrong. You're going to get burned. Okay. And now that their doors are open, we don't even know if they've actually shipped any guitars yet. They might just be taking money. And that's the scary part. So Sheng Zay, one of his big, one of the big complaints about the company was that Sheng Zay was operating and they had no customer service staff. So all of your communication went through one person who didn't speak it in English and was not attentive to your needs. Now they apparently have at least one person in the customer service role. Um, but I don't know how effective that is. So until these guitars start showing up, I'm going to say this on our podcast, and I want to make it clear for everybody who listens. Do not buy a Shengze guitar. Let someone else take that risk. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And now, because we know this, and I've had this conversation with others who've been booted off of YouTube already for buying counterfeit guitars and then promoting them, um, please understand buying counterfeit goods even if it's kind of quasi counterfeit like this because it's not all really clear and set in stone is illegal you cannot purchase counterfeit material i don't care if you're ordering fake levi's from china that is illegal you can go to jail for that now, actually, you're gonna go, you're gonna go no you're I, I looked it up you you're not gonna go to jail you're gonna get fined for one thing but if you buy enough to distribute then you're going to prison right <laughs> There's the right. It's just like drugs. You, you get enough to get, you know, you got a pot, an ounce of pot in your, in your hand or uh, your pants um, before they made it legal in your state. And it's a crime uh, of intent, yeah. too. Yeah, you got to you got to find a slap on the wrist if you get if, anything. If you don't now, know it's real, it's not illegal. But if it's right, but it is illegal to distribute. So if you have right. like five of these things or 10 of these things or you've sold one on eBay, now I can't you, sell mine. I don't, I don't. It's stuck. It has to say. It has to hang on my wall in perpetuity. I was planning to do that anyway. But yeah. it's one of those things where, 
you know, if you've got one of these chipses in your house, you can't sell that. Well, you you probably can. But the thing is, you're running a risk and you need to understand that. So legally, you're not supposed to. Yeah. Now, you can own it till you're blue in the face. And if somebody asks you, did you know that was a counterfeit guitar when you ordered it? My advice to you is get a lawyer. But but because I'm not taking any responsibility for your actions. But I know a lot of people who would just say, you know what? I didn't know when I bought it, even though they did, because at that point, you know, your, your legality is out the window. But if right. you say you knew it was counterfeit or if you say, oh, well, I bought a replica. Guess what? You bought counterfeit material. Replicas count, too. Yep. But that's the that's the thing. So. You know, would you would you purchase a replica? I. I don't know. I don't know if I would if only if I can get a get a headstock delete on the 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 name. I mean, there I are might, some guitars I'd love to have a replica of, right? Um, but you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to put my name on the headstock because yeah. I am not I am not the, the the person in question. He knows who he is. He may listen to the show. He's probably listening to the show. I'm gonna be honest with you. He's probably listening because we've had conversations. I'm talking about the show. I I'm not trying to be a dick to you, dude. But like, listen. You have counterfeit material. You bought and 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 I'm talking about not Shingze, but Gibson and Fender stuff. And you have said this is this is every bit as good as a Gibson. This is every bit as good as a Fender. First off, not only are you breaking the law, but you're also doing a disservice to everyone else. I am I can guarantee fucking to you any piece of shit you bought from China does not match up to something that is actually a legit guitar from here in the states. I don't give a fuck who built it. I really don't because they cut corners. That's how it works. They are not to the point where they're building that shit to American quality standards. I have one hanging in my room right now that people are saying, and people were saying, people are still saying, if you get a good one, they're just as good as guitars built in the States. Bullshit. There are construction methods used in that guitar that you will not find on anything but an import. And that's all I'm saying. You know what I saw today? A Stratocaster with a set neck. They called it a Showmaster, I think. Yeah, yep. They made those. Relatively inexpensive. Made in Korea. Uh, um, Squire? Nope. Nope. Fender. It's actually got that, Fender's didn't logo. I didn't know they did it. I didn't know they actually did a Fender show. Because I know they did custom shop Showmasters or something like that. They were like a higher end thing. Yeah, you can find them on Reverb. Under $400. Uh, and uh, yeah, the full on thing i thought that was pretty cool um and i thought wow uh that's that's something was it showmaster yeah fender showmaster is that what it um, is yeah they're custom shop ones but if you find a made in korea one uh, i didn't know they didn't made 325 dollars made in korea flame top well I, okay more duncans all right jim can i tell you a story yeah go ahead those are i, I correct me if i'm wrong but those are the photo flame guitars I could be. I don't. I, I, don't. I believe the Korean ones are the photo flames. They could be photo. Fl- I, I got to be honest with you. If you're going to pick a photo flame, I probably would have picked a better one. That's me. Well, that was kind of the complaint is that the photo figuring on it was pretty shitty. <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was not. Honestly, good. they've got one locally here. Yeah, Korea. dude. These are now because I'm looking and it looks pretty clear to me like all the quilts I'm seeing are pretty much the same. <laughs> the exact same thing. Yeah. 
I think that's the, I think I might be right. That might be the full thing. Correct me. If you guys know, comment on it. Cause I really want to, I'd really like to know the answer to that. Yeah. So there, there's obviously custom shop ones a lot more expensive. Yeah. Well, and then Squire did a run and squat, the Squires have fucking Floyd roses on them. Wow. Yeah. There, I mean, there, I think it's a licensed Floyd, but I mean, you can always drop in a real one. Um, yeah. and I can remember playing a couple of them and they were pretty cool. Actually, there were some, some people that were endorsing them or not. So yeah, they look really nice. I'm, but they, I think the one that was real popular <clears throat> was the one with the skull on it. Like, come on, dude. Like, I don't know. Cause this, this one I'm looking at, this is a made in Korea one. Uh, definitely the flame is it, here's the, a USA with a Floyd. Nothing like it. Yeah. So I, it, I think it really referred to the body style. And probably setting that construction, I imagine. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I just, I, I, I know that's out of the blue, but it just came to me um, because I was like, when you were talking about some of the ones that look, I would have assumed instantly that was a fake. Yeah. No, and then I see it, I went, wow, that's freaking real. Yeah. Um, so Fender has made some, some strange stuff over the years, and that's just one of the guitars I made. You know what I've always wanted? I've wanted a heavy metal strap. Do you remember those, Jim? Yeah. When they did I like do. the 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 yep. neon pink like Stratocasters with, uh, yep. I believe they had a Kaler or a Floyd. And um, they were pretty cool guitars. And for a while there, you could get them dirt cheap. I think they're probably going up in price. They were like oh. 400 bucks for a USA guitar. Because the whole, the whole shredder mentality is coming back. Well, um, yeah. And that, that's a big part of it. I mean, like even Ibanez is now reissuing like all the extreme color guitars. And I went to that, that, uh, death metal show a while back and some of the guys are playing like Ibanez's and like yeah. bright yellow and like desert yellow and shit. And I'm like, yeah. all right, man, it's coming back. Like, cool. Um, I love those colors, man. I, they, this is the world I want to live in, but uh, yeah, I love those it. It's funny to see it on a death metal stage for sure. You know, those bright colors. Yeah, that is a little weird. Wow. A Squire Telecaster Showmaster. So they did Squire too. It's kind of, as I said, as I said, they did Squire. Um, yeah. This when I was, yeah, Squire. First, that when i was first starting guitar that's what the showmaster was i mean they were almost all squires and it was like oh okay they were usually purple that's what i remember seeing a yeah, lot this of one's really really blue yeah that i this is probably the same thing it probably it may have been blue i mean i did honestly this one of those colors that like was kind of in fact i think it was like a, a prismatic or something yeah like you they would change the light or whatever but yeah, um right. yeah so uh, did you you had another topic you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to go into geez, we were talking about the um, the stuff earlier. Uh, I just want to give a shout out. This is the it, this is closing in towards the end of the year. You guys will hear this uh, what December well thirteenth. Well, so it's coming towards the end of the year. Some of you will be taking a Christmas break or a holiday break, and I don't blame you. You know, um, some of us, uh, some of you will be listening to us in the car. We'll keep the language to a minimum. Um, yeah, I'm trying not to use the F word too much. Yep. It's, it's so, difficult. I apologize. Yeah, if, if it slipped today, I apologize today. Uh, but <clears throat> I will say that uh, we want to try to make it a little family friendlier so you can listen to it in the car and during, during holidays. Get a chance to listen to our back episodes. Certainly, that's um, a great thing. Um, but here's the thing. So I don't want to speak for David, um, but I'll speak for myself. We're going to be doing a lot more uh, video content. Um, I'm focused on Instagram, man. Yeah. Uh, there's been some people in the group that suggested Instagram. 
I feel like Instagram has a lot of traction. I still think I'm going to do video content. I yep. just think that Instagram is the best way to attract people to our show right now. And I don't even know how to do an Instagram. So David's going to have to teach me. I don't um, either, Jim. I'm freaking learning as I go, I would, man. I would like take a picture of food, I suppose, like the old Facebook things. Hey, there's a picture of my dinner. Yeah, basically. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of what it is. I don't the stuff know. that I get traction on is like, the stuff that I get traction on is the stuff that I'm like, man, I wouldn't want to look at this. Like, <laughs> is, it, is it video I content? A, is it they have content? video content on Instagram as well. Yeah, there's videos. Wasn't it minimal? I, I thought it was like a, a maximum of a minute or something. Uh, yeah, so they have they have uh, Instagram TV now, and they have Instagram Live as well. Okay. So I, I've used both. Um, yeah. But the the funny thing is, like I said, the content you, that takes off on Instagram is the stuff that you least expect. I took a picture of like four random petals that are sitting on my table, and it got shared like 50 times or something. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it wasn't 50, but I mean, it got shared a lot, and I'm going, what? Why? Like yeah. who wants to look at like pet? I know, but there's like whole Instagram accounts, just people just posting pedal boards and stuff. But like, that's totally not appealing. And I look, if that's your jam, that's your jam, man. But I'm just saying, I wouldn't look at that for like hours on end. <laughs> that's mind numbing to me. I I want to hear the pedals. I don't want to look at them. <laughs> exactly. So, so um, yeah, I just wanted to get to uh, you know. I hope everybody has a great safety holiday. Um, you know, if you're Taking a couple of weeks off, and you'll hear us in the beginning of the year. Just remember, we'll be at once a week. So, we, yeah, get your friends. Get, if everybody gets one friend, we'll double our listeners. We double our listeners, but we go right back to the same numbers of listeners. Yeah, it'll be wonderful. Hey, everybody. Um, I, 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 I'm thankful, Jim, for for the uh, the first hundred episodes. It's been wonderful. Um, we're considering this officially season two. So you will yep. hear Jim as I say things like season two, episode one. Um, yep. <laughs> it's like that from now on. And the other thing is that um, I want to make sure that everybody understands that, yes, we're moving to one one thing a week, but we will have special episodes occasionally, yep. especially if we do interviews. Like we did before. Always kind of treated with special gloves, try to get them out soon. And everything. Exactly. Um, just make um, sure that you understand we might publish content in the middle of the week. You might want to check everyone. Yeah. So I want to give it a, a shout out to all of our guests from the last season. Yep. We had, uh, you know, we had Judy I don't Rodman, think I can name them all. Bowman. We had uh, Steve Stein. We had uh, Thomas Blug. We had the folks from, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we had the folks from Little Ozzy. We Jason had Fuzzmonger. Uh, Jason Fuzzmonger. Um, we had, jeez, uh, I'm crow. This, it, it, this list, Mrs. Smith. It's a lot more um, than you expected, wasn't it? Michelangelo Badio. Michelangelo Badio. Um, you know, it's been Robert from Robert's Guitar Dungeon. Robert from Robert's twice. Matter of fact, Robert three times. I want to let you guys know. Yeah, actually says Ben on three times. He's He's our guest host. Our guest host. (laughs) So well, first I I guess he was a guest, then he was here as kind of a we the the second time, guys. If you haven't seen it, um, we do have uh that one where um he was eating uh, like his dinner. Yeah, I don't know what he was eating. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It was so funny. He's in a pair of sweatshorts and a sweatshirt. He's he's eating his and he's talking to us. He thought we were just talking. <laughs> he's like, "Oh shit, I'm on." <laughs> he's like, "Wait, this is being recorded." <laughs> that was my best uh, Robert impression. <laughs> this is being <been> yeah. recorded. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, lots of fun, lots of fun things. We have loved doing this stuff. It's been. Such a wild ride, such a crazy thing. Uh, next year, um, 
some of the content that we'll be bringing to you. Obviously, we'll be going to, um, you know, we're we're not NAM qual, we're not NAM size yet, but we're going to be doing some shows, uh, namely uh, the uh, what do they call the uh, thing in Fort Wayne? Sweetwater Gear Fest. Sweetwater I am Gear counting Fest. down the days, my I'm friend. I'm actually looking. I'm excited. I'm more excited than that than I would be for NAM because my understanding is NAM is just a. Can it's kind of like going to Disney World your first time. It's just can oh. we celebrate something for a minute? Sure. Five months of year of no gear. Five months of year of five no gear. months. It's incredible that I have been able to do that. Oh, <laughs> so I have to. I have to bring this up. This appeared on Instagram. This huh? is my fifty-fifty, and this was my birthday gift for my wife. And you ordered it a long time ago. My birthday was two days ago. I actually didn't order it a long time ago. I ordered. Well, it you couldn't have, but weeks. I mean. You've been on a waiting. Well, oh, that, no, I've been telling Ryan when uh, that thing comes Ryan. in, you better tell me. <laughs> yeah. Um, How much was that? Uh, I can't say it's the inner circle price. No, but I, I will mean, say I, I can tell what it you. is to everybody. But yeah. um, it's I think it's like 170 bucks normally. Yeah. You want one on reverb, they go for like 350 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely the best the OD250 I've ever played. Leon from Pelican Noiseworks, if you're listening, this is your official endorsement from me. This yeah. thing is great. Yeah, we definitely need to get a, de- a demo of that up on the on the channel. Not it's not an official demo from uh, from Leon at Pelican Noiseworks. No, uh, it'll be. It, no, we should really talk to that official because I don't do official. We don't take money. We don't no. do endorsement deals. I, if I like it, I'm going to tell you it's great. Okay, and yep. so that's that's as close as he's going to get to an endorsement from me. Um, um, but yeah, Leon from, so some of the people that we want to, um, thank, obviously, uh, Nick Bongers from, uh, yes, I can't wait to get the first set of pickups and Nick, if you're listening, reach out to me. Cause we can talk. Yes. Cause we got to get that going. Um, and I also want to reach out to, uh, again, the, so some of the, one of the other things I want to let you guys know is that I'm, I'm in the background working with some other, uh, content providers. Uh, we want to bring you something different. Um, we we have been tried to be. We have tried to be different um, from the beginning, and I'm not going to get into any specifics because I don't want anybody stealing my idea. Uh, but I'm glad. I'm glad, Jim, because I was going to. I was going to stop you and be like, "Don't make me edit you." Yeah, we're looking at a new business model. We're going to be looking at some different things to do. So I won't say beyond that, but I will say that I'm hoping it's exciting. It's exciting for us. It's exciting for you because what we want to do is bring you more um, and improved content that um, serves you as practical guitarists. Um, that said, you know, I, I hope you enjoy the changes that will be coming in the near future. Yeah. We love, we love you fans and we love you. Patreon supporters just as much right. and slightly more. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't love you slightly more, but we do appreciate you. Slightly more. That <laughs> that I will and, say. And, and there's a better chance that you will get your voice heard if you pay Patreon. <laughs> we we also want to remind you that if you're a Patreon supporter, you can join us when we do these things. Um, on uh, when we do them uh, now that we're doing them once a week, um, and we will provide you an invitation that will always be in the group. We use Zoom at Z O O M. We can make a permanent room for that, right? And and I want to do that. Um, and but but I I need to make this clear to everybody. There will be a list of rules that that will be adhered to because one of the things is 
um, you have to make sure you stay muted during the episode. Right. If you don't, I have to edit and it's okay. I mean, if an accident is an accident. We, we had an accident one time already and it was fine. Nobody even knows. Nobody knows except for the person that was involved. Um, but I just want to make sure that everybody who, uh, you know, joins the Patreon understands that like, you're not gonna be able to talk during the episode. You're just going to be able to like, watch. right. We will have another get together. Um, I'd like to do that after the first of the year, um, you know, of people who are listeners and who would like to get into um, a group and get involved and talk more. I have I an think, idea for that already. I think the community involvement, you know, is a huge, huge thing. And, and I, I, again, I won't go any further than that, but um, we really, really want to get things going here that uh, we didn't have. We didn't have a couple of things. I didn't have an interface like I have now. Um, I didn't have a lot of the equipment that I have um, in the beginning of this. Uh, I was just using a blue microphone and a pair of Apple earbuds. Every podcast goes through this. There's a growth period. Now I'm wearing, you know, better headphones. Yeah, I don't think we're done either, frankly. But No. And of course, I'm going to go green screen so that some hilarity can go on. Um, <laughs> But, the, you know, the most important thing I think for everybody is we're going to try to bring you everything that will make it so that when you're listening, when you're watching the Instagram, when you're tuning in, you're not going to know what's coming. And hopefully we slap you upside the head with something that's interesting that's uh, involved and certainly um, something that you will say, wow, these guys are pretty cool. They're pretty funny, pretty interesting, whatever it is you say. Mm-hmm. What about you ask? Oh, I yeah. said that. I, I hate him. I hate him that the old guy and the, and that younger guy, he is a jerk. What a terrible <laughs> bunch of jerks. These guys are just yuck. Yep. So with that being said, I've been David. I've been Jim. And tonight we've been the practical guitarist for the hundredth time. Bye-bye.